to another great episode of The Bourbon Road with your hosts, Jim and Brian, where they talk bourbon and, of course, drink bourbon. Grab yourself a pour, kick back, and enjoy another trip down the bourbon road. excited to have blandonsbourbonshop.com as a new sponsor for the bourbon road podcast in fact this podcast was brought to you by blanton's bourbon shop blantonsbourbonshop.com is the only official merchandiser for blanton's the original single barrel looking for a unique gift blanton's bourbon shop has got you covered blantonsbourbonshop.com is your home for all blanton's gifts Welcome back, listeners, to another episode of the Bourbon Road Podcast. I'm your host, Jim Shannon, and today we are on the road. We uh, finally got a chance to get back down to Atlanta, Georgia, and uh, we're visiting again ASW Distillery, and we got Chad Ralston with us in the house. Chad, or actually, we're in your house. <laughs> That's right. The house, our house. Yeah. Oh, I like it. So welcome back again. It's nice thanks to have for, you on. Yeah, and thanks for I, I was telling you earlier before we came on air that... Um, that we had uh, saw something about your your recent release online, and I was going to be down here for other business. I, I need to check back in with these guys because we just had a tremendous event at Bourbon on the Banks where you so graciously donated some bottles for the roadies to enjoy on the Bourbon Roadie Bar, and it was a fantastic success. It was really great. Yeah, it, it sounds amazing. I uh, hope to make it next year. Yeah, hopefully you can make it next year. I think we talked about maybe you might try one of these years to get up there. In yeah. fact, this year might be a good, this coming year might be a real good time for you. Absolutely. But today we're going to drink four of your whiskeys on the show, three of which we've never had before. And the fourth one is the one that was a smash hit at uh, Bourbon on the Banks. We so, love to hear it. Yeah, absolutely. So what do I have in my first class here? Yeah, so the first one that you're sampling today is our Fiddler Chin Music Toasted Bourbon. All right, so this is, we have a, uh, I can't remember if we mentioned in the last episode we were on back in the early spring, but we have an ongoing relationship with the Atlanta Braves. Um, Our vodka and gin distillery and tasting room is steps from the Braves Stadium. Uh, And so their leadership, their front office are big bourbon drinkers and so they helped us put together this this product it is um, the 45 percent wheat mash bill bourbon mash bill that goes into our fiddler georgia heartwood that a lot of people have, have come to know and love it is finished on or finished in toasted barrels uh, and then bottled at 100 proof so this particular batch was finished 80 percent of it so four barrels of it were finished 18 months in a medium toast barrel and then the last uh the final barrel or 20 percent was finished two months in a heavy toast barrel okay so we're hoping for a little bit more of those maybe chocolate notes those uh those campfire notes burnt marshmallow notes you got it you got it so um maybe some butterscotch as well um yeah so let me know what you think. Right. But it, this one, uh, as you uh, as you sample that, a little bit of background on this particular one. So we had two prior Fiddler Chin Music releases. One, the first of which celebrated the Atlanta Braves 2021 World Series. That was also the 45% wheat mash bill. And then the second release was a uh, a rye that we uh, the label color was the Braves sort of baby blue throwback jerseys. This label uh, is a red color that we is a, a nod to their Sunday Reds uniform color. But we released it during the NLDS this year, hoping, fingers crossed, that uh, maybe they would advance past the Phillies. But, you know, sometimes you can't have everything. Well, it's not, it's not a total loss. I mean... I mean, the whiskey can still perform on its own. It doesn't, doesn't need the Braves to, to do well in the market, right? Exactly. Exactly. Although you kind of hope for comparison there between the two. But. Right. So what's the, what's the proof on this? This sits at 100 proof. 100 proof. And whereas those two prior releases I mentioned were cask strength and one-offs, this concept, the Fiddler Chin Music Toasted, will be an ongoing... This is kind of our... you. Know, 
I wouldn't say it's going to be uh, available 100% year round, but it will be available consistently through the year that we're going to be able to take to all of Braves country. So uh, Braves country is actually a defined term. Uh, it is Georgia, Tennessee, North Carolina, South Carolina, Alabama, Mississippi. That's, that's a big, that's a big territory. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So explain chin music to me. Why chin music? Yeah, great question. So going back to the Braves front office being big bourbon fans, the first time we sat down with them to devise what this project might look like, the Braves CEO, Derek Schiller, uh, we said, you know, what should we call it? And he said, well, you know, chin music is a baseball term for a high and tight pitch. And it just kind of seemed to fit with with the Fiddler brand yeah. name. Yeah. Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I'd never heard that term before. Is it something you'd you were familiar with? Yes, I was a, a big baseball nerd growing up, um, so I had heard it on occasion. But yeah, it's not you know it's not nearly as well known as double play or knocking out of the park or whatever. So as I'm sipping on this, I'm trying to remember the Georgia Hartwood, which I your fiddler Georgia Hartwood, which I sipped on a number of times uh, at Bourbon on the Banks, and then I think I had again. I think it was just a very small amount left in the bottle. And I said, well, we might as well get rid of this. So right. I, I had that just a few days ago before coming down here. And this has uh, a little bit more like, uh, I don't know, a little bit more character to it. I think I think it has a heavier character to it. The Fiddler is a wonderful whiskey, and we'll get to tasting that a little bit later. And it's one that, like I said, was uh, a great success at mm -hmm. the event. But this has a little bit more of a like a, a sweetness up front on it. Mm -hmm. It's got maybe more of a butterscotchy, but toasted butterscotch feel to it. Mm -hmm. So yeah. what are some of the notes you've heard from people? What are some of the uh, impressions you've got from your staff here and tasting it and, and from other people who, who have tried this whiskey? Yeah, absolutely. Um, in addition to the butterscotch, I've heard um, peach cobbler or peach pie thrown out there. Um, there's definitely, for me, there's some caramel notes. Uh, the oak, as you mentioned, is not as pronounced as in Fiddler Heartwood. Um, and th that's you know kind of by design. Fiddler Heartwood is essentially triple oaked um, in the sense that spends first roughly four years in one new charred white oak barrel, spends another two-ish years in new charred white oak barrel, and also gets staves of that heartwood that our master distiller Justin harvests, anywhere from 15 to 30 of those that are charred and slotted into the barrel for the final few months of aging. So this, uh, I agree with you, is um, definitely uh, doesn't push the the charred oak to the forefront quite as much as Fiddler Heartwood. Yeah, I, when it's got... It's got more up front, mm -hmm. I think, than the than the fiddler Georgia Hartwood does. I I just I remember that being more of a bold whiskey, more yeah, more oaky, more bold. Whereas this one's got a little bit more sweetness up front. It does have that character of that uh, heavy toast on that. What twenty percent of the barrels you said are heavy toast? That's right. You get a little bit of that. Um, I'm looking for that burnt marshmallow. I'm I'm just not getting that campfire burnt marshmallow, yeah. but I want to get it. You know, I think you'll get it in the next one. You think so? I do. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to that one. I'm still going to sip on this one for a few minutes. But what I'd like to do is maybe refresh the memory of some of our listeners. Maybe some of those who are new and haven't haven't heard the episode when yeah. we were here before. Um, what what is what is the ASW story? Yeah. Yeah. So we got our start. Um, it was really two, our, our founders, Jim Chastain and Charlie Thompson, were roommates back in their days in college. And a few years after they graduated, they were both, they both had a shared interest in rye whiskey. So this was back in 2009. And uh, this was really before rye had really started to hit its stride in terms of its resurgence, in terms of popularity. So they set out to um, to try to make something that they could sell immediately with the long-term prospect of, of having a, a really solid rye whiskey and maybe start forming a distillery around that. So they their initial formulation was a clear whiskey called American Spirit Whiskey. Uh, it was a high rye mash bill that spent just a scotch of a, 
of a period of time in a barrel, um, enough to be called a, a spirit whiskey, which is actually a um, legally defined type of whiskey under the TTB's beverage alcohol manual. But they partnered with a facility in Charleston called Terracentia at the time to manufacture that. And for the next four years, they just kind of grew it organically, predominantly here in our home state of Georgia. And it developed a little bit of a following, but it also became clear in those four years that a, a clear whiskey was really never going to become a big sought after brand. It's just such a niche, uh, niche product. So they realized they needed to either go big or hang up their cleats. So around that time, Jim, uh, his younger sister said, well, I've got a a distiller for you. His name is Justin. I, I'm friends with him from high school. And they kind of rolled their eyes thinking, you know, any person you're connected to through a third or you know, second degree connection probably is just a hobbyist who doesn't really know what they're doing. Um, but they got a hold of some of the juice that Justin had, had made and it, it was dynamite. So that's when they realized there's really something here. Um, so I joined the the team. This was early 2015. And then the four of us went out and raised uh, just shy of $2 million to build out the facility that we're here um, taping this episode with. And that allowed us to get Justin's ideal uh, traditional Scottish copper pot still set up. So we partnered with Vendome Copper and Brassworks out of Louisville to make these beautiful stills. There are we got a 500 gallon uh, wash still, 300 gallon spirit still, with a really cool inverted condenser. And, you know, most condensers you see, you don't actually witness the whiskey evaporate coming into the shell and then cooling down and dripping off the bottom uh, in a stream of clear liquid. That's what ours, um, you can see, particularly if you come on a tour. So, um, you know, we, we built out the space and we got distilling, started distilling in early 2016, spring of 2016. And it's really been off to the races ever since. We, we haven't had a ton of inventory until recently. So, for years, we were just distributed in Georgia. And then from there, we slowly grew organically. We uh, um, launched in East Tennessee back in 2018. We launched in Florida in late 2019. And then we've since picked up Texas, Southern California, and we are just about to launch in Colorado, which is pretty exciting because it's coming very, very close on the heels of these Fiddler Toasted products releases that we're, we're talking about today. So we're excited to, to have a, our first state in which we can launch all of these together as a, a brand family. Wow, that's fantastic. Yeah. So what's this room we're in right now? This is, a, this is an amazing room. And I think you told me the story behind this before. But yeah. this, is, uh, this is like a, uh, almost like a gentleman's club in here. Yeah, yeah. In a way. It really is, yes. And that's not far off from the inspiration behind it. So. Our original distillery where we're at, uh, all three of our locations have tasting rooms associated with them, but they all have a little bit of a different feel. Uh, the one at the Battery next to the Brave Stadium that I mentioned, that's very kind of baseball themed, ash, lighter woods. Where we're sitting right now is, uh, you know, we've got darker woods, we've got a navy blue uh, paint color on the wall, we've got cool little memorabilia, um, like a American flag made out of wooden staves and uh, stuffed links that one of our friends gave to us and we didn't really know what to do with it because it just scares people if they uh, come upon it unexpectedly. So perch him on an ASW barrel. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Looking out, uh, you know, philosophizing about the world. But um, this space itself, so when we raised money, we had a friends, no family capital raise uh, from about 75 folks. You know, a lot of people, when they raise money, they try to get as few folks as possible because they just, it'll be headaches down the road. But we wanted a core of brand ambassadors out there asking for our products at bars, liquor stores. And so we designed this specific space. It is our investor's lounge to have lockers for them. Um, so they can come in and uh, have you know, their own collection and bring friends in and enjoy it in this room. And um, it's actually modeled after during prohibition, uh, I think, if I recall correctly, locker clubs were one of the carve-outs of places you could consume spirits legally. And as you notice back here on the back wall, there is a mural 
of the day that prohibition ended in the state of Georgia, which Georgia in its infinite wisdom decided to adopt prohibition, I think it was 13 years ahead of federal prohibition, so 1907, and then got rid of it two years after federal prohibition ended, so, so 1935. states, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I think Tennessee has a similar story. Yep. But, so the, the idea behind the locker club is, is that you, you own the whiskey, therefore you're allowed to continue to drink it, right? Or- yep, Some, something to that effect. Of course, you know, who knows the, the derivation of that whiskey sure. once you run out of your original bottle. But, right. that was, but I you guess, bring your whiskey exactly. into the locker club, you put it in your locker, and then you come hang out with your buddies. That's and- right. Clearly, it was just a carve-out for legislators who wanted to continue to be able to drink, but didn't want anyone else to be able to. (laughs) I I would hope that back then I would have been been an innovator like that and figured a way to keep drinking. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. That is so cool. Yeah. All right. So, we have uh, managed to get through this, and I wanted to say to you, I have an empty glass, but it gives me opportunity to really get a a nice nose on an empty glass. Absolutely. And that caramel that you talked about was just... Very ever present there. Mm-hmm. This is this is not a uh, a fruity whiskey. This is not something that gives a lot of notes of no floral notes to it. But it's more of a kind of a sweet, almost buttery, butterscotchy caramel kind of whiskey that has a, an extra added sweetness to it from that toasting barrel. Mm-hmm. And I love it. I think it's great. And it's the same distillate that goes into your heartwood. But it doesn't have that extra barrel aging. That's right. The, those extra stays. And isn't that wild how different they, yeah. they are? Well, I mean, we've heard many, many times, right, that uh, the barrel aging and the effect of the wood is paramount to anything else that goes into the process. So 60, 70 percent of the flavor. Particularly with bourbon and, and American style rye. Yeah. yeah. And you start introducing multiple barrels to that equation, ones that have never seen whiskey before. Yep. And you just get a, a huge impact from them. You really do. All right. So what's next on our list here? Yeah. So this next one is Fiddler Toasted Bourbon. And uh, this is pretty close of kin with what you just had. Um, that other one was specifically designated as a Braze collaboration and bottled at 100 proof. Uh, and I, I also mentioned that one, um, the one you just tried, also had some heavy toast barrels as part of the finishing process. This one, uh, Fiddler Toasted Bourbon, is an addition, a year-round addition to our portfolio. There, I should have mentioned previously, all three of these Fiddler Toasted products we're talking about are going to be batched in the sense that each batch has different levels of toast, different finishing time periods in the toasted barrels, different char levels to the original barrel that they went in. And that's really what's going to drive the the differences between the batches on these. So this one that you're sampling now, that same 45% wheat mash bill that uh, we have grown to to love so much, um, this one is cask strength. So it'll drink a little hotter. I think this one actually went up in strength in the barrel. So it, it, we, it, we bottled it around 60 and a half percent. 60.3 it looks yeah, like. Yeah, 121 proof basically. And this is a five-year, nine months. So this is roughly a six-year-old whiskey. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and as you said, entered into that heavy toast barrel with a number one char. Yep. For three months. And so for those who have had... Some of our other Fiddler products, Fiddler Unison Bourbon or Fiddler Heartwood Bourbon, we have, with this Fiddler Toasted series, introduced this concept of kind of a sidebar or an inset of information that will always be there and will, will vary by batch. So we'll actually probably introduce that same window or sidebar concept onto our Fiddler Heartwood product uh, probably sometime next year. I think you can't have enough information on the label. Yeah. People really... They want that. Yeah. They want as much transparency as possible. Exactly. And there's a few of us whiskey geeks out there that want to know everything, right? But I think even your casual bourbon consumer wants to know a little bit more than just the proof. Yeah. So that's yeah, great. Especially when you're doing different finishes and you know, toasted barrels or have different staves in there right. or finishing in a port cask or something. Yeah. They, that is definitely very helpful information. Oh, yeah. That is... Uh, it's very viscous and smooth. Mm-hmm. Totally different from what we just had. Yeah, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, this one has a lot more body to it, a lot more um, 
These, these are all non-chill filtered, I'm assuming. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we don't chill filter anything. So, we don't even have the equipment to do that. Yeah. So this is uh, this is when you drink this, you feel like you're getting that silky soft s smoothness that you expect from a well-crafted, high-proof whiskey. Sometimes you get them from low-proof low whiskeys too. It just yep. it's a matter of the process. But I, I I really like this one a lot. Yeah, that weeded mash bill uh, is especially kind of silky in its in its mouthfeel. And this one, um, these are a compilation of tasting notes from our different team. But I I would love to hear what you're you're getting on the nose. Um, we at various points have gotten cherry, cherry, graham cracker, and then here's a fun one for you: lapsang souchong tea. <laughs> I wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't mine. That was so. Wit, our uh, our distiller, Wit Hageman, is the the brains behind the Toasted series. And he, in a prior life, he was actually on the last episode uh, mm -hmm. we were on with you. I remember. He, in a prior life, was a uh, like award winning barista. He, he went and competed and would win awards at these barista competitions. So he has an extremely sensitive and attuned nose and palate. And that's where he came, he came up with the Lapsang Sushong. Yeah, so I remember that interview now. And I remember how he is very, um, his, his palate and his nose are very attuned to whiskey. He definitely is able to pull out some things that I would never grasp, yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah, but the cherries definitely, when you mentioned that, it, my nose was at it when you said it. Mm -hmm. and I definitely got it. I'm also getting like a little bit of, um, you know, those uh, chalky wafer candies. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm getting a little bit of that. Like, I think they have like a cornstarch on the outside of them. Uh -huh. that, I'm getting a little bit of that as That's well. That's a great one. It's a great note. I think it drinks well. I, it's super, super soft up front, though. Mm -hmm. It like you really don't get the impression of the whiskey till it hits the mid palate. It mm -hmm. almost goes right past the front of your tongue. I get just a little bit on the tip, you know. Mm -hmm. But um, the sweetness is is nice. It's subdued, but I like it a lot. I'm not getting that. I'm not getting that mar burnt marshmallow. Oh, you're not. I'm sorry. You're I'm just not, not no, getting you don't it. Have to That's funny. Maybe That's... I'm looking. For, maybe I'm looking for it too much. Maybe I'm expecting to be really hit by it. Yeah, um, I, I have, uh, and maybe because we released uh, two or three batches. So the batch that I tried, we released them all at once, but they obviously had different um, uh, toast levels and, and um, finishing times in the barrel. But the one that I tried uh, so far de definitely had that toasted marshmallow. I'm getting like a, almost like a, a Nutella. Like oh, a, yeah. Like a Nutella chocolate. What's what's the nut in Nutella? Hazelnut. Hazelnut. Yep. I'm getting like a hazelnut chocolate note on it a little bit. Cool. That's really which cool. is really nice. Yeah. But not the burnt marshmallow. I was hoping for it. <laughs> <laughs> it's wonderful whiskey. I'll this take is, Nutella. This is really yeah. Nutella is a good one. Uh -huh. I think. What about this? Are you getting any pecan pie? You know. I think it's suggestive, but yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think so. It's been a minute since I had pecan pie, but I've always loved it. Yeah. And I love that, you know, in Kentucky, we typically have what we call a chess pie, which uh -huh. is similar, but not the same. Right. Is that what, so, so pecan pie in Georgia is a Thanksgiving staple, and that's about the only time I'll have it all year because yeah. it's so dang rich. Right. Is, is chess pie the same thing just Thanksgiving, or is it more uh, of a No, it's, it's, it's kind of a, I don't know, it's just something you find on the menus at restaurants. It's kind of a, a Kentucky area thing, and it has a little bit of chocolate in it as well. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of a, and I'm probably going to have a, a thousand listeners correcting me on this, but it, it, here's another thing. It's been a minute since I had some. Sure. But I, I always relate it to kind of a pecan pie with a little bit of chocolate in it. Oh, so, yeah. Cool. So That sounds good. They're probably going to say, what are you talking about? Here? <laughs> it's made of peaches and lemon. <laughs> I get these. I get, I get so many messages when I call out some of this stuff that from like faint memories of my past because, you know, like, I think I got the good and plenty colors wrong oh, right. once. Yeah, I was talking about the different colors, uh -huh. and I got them wrong. So somebody <laughs> had to let me know that 
<laughs> I got it wrong. That's but that's funny. fun. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's fun. It means you have listeners who are engaged, right? That's right. They are. <laughs> they listen all the They're way They're keeping the me checked. I exactly. mean, making sure I don't exactly. go too far out on a limb. <laughs> this, is, uh, this could very easily become a favorite of mine. I yeah. like it a lot. Yeah. Cool. This is really good. Cool. And how did... How, now, when did this one release? This would have been prior to the... To the last release. So. Yeah, that was, oh, what was the date? It was no more than a month ago. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we, we, in our infinite wisdom, we decided to release four products all within the span of about three or four weeks. Yeah. And how, how is that for? It's a lot. Getting the word out. Uh, it's, it, we did not elect to do that, by the way. Yeah. Um, it was, we were planning on releasing the two, the Fiddler Toasted Bourbon, which you're trying, and the Fiddler Toasted Rye. We weren't sure when the Fiddler Chin Music Toasted would be able to actually get released because the MLB has to sign off on it. And they just decided to sign off in such a way uh, that it was going to coincide with the release of this one. Um, and we just so happened to also have a project with uh, the NIL Collective um, in Athens for the uh, university um, that landed at the same time as well. So, wow. Yeah. You guys got a lot going on here. Got a lot Very going on. busy. Yeah. Yeah. And, and three locations. Yeah. And, and do you have one in particular that's more busy than the others? Well, I wouldn't say more busy. Uh, Yes, the, the short answer is yes. The battery is the most most busy, just because the foot traffic at the battery sure. is nuts. I mean, with the Braves there, and they've just the the Braves development team, which is the real estate side of things, has just done such a fantastic job of putting together a really cool collection of restaurants and uh, retail shops, etc. But setting that aside. Um, this location where we're filming or taping this episode is where people go to get the real in-depth tour and you know have the full suite of everything we have to offer from a whiskey side of things. So I guess it's where anyone who is just a huge whiskey connoisseur, this is probably the place you want to come. Our third location is on the Atlanta Beltline. It is in the West End neighborhood, very close to the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. It is. It has a really cool barrel room. I mean, we we've we age a lot of whiskey there, but um, people generally go there mainly for a few cocktails. It's part of a big development that has a couple breweries, has a few restaurants. So yeah. So and 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 I guess that whole Beltline thing. I I've only been on it one time, but mm -hmm. that for those people from outside of Atlanta, this is uh, this is a pathway that runs through the city that has a lot of uh, commerce on it. You mm -hmm. can basically carry drinks yep you can bicycle on it great combination by the way <laughs> yeah, exactly and the scooters we see so scooters. many people wiping out on scooters but you'll have uh, margarita windows uh -huh. and restaurants and patio places you can stop and just a just a wonderful experience yeah it's um i think a lot of cities have started to embrace their old maybe defunct rail lines as a, an opportunity to do something pretty unique from a just like you said, uh, uh, it's it's I may, maybe like a commerce corridor. Yeah. You'd almost describe it as. That's a neat concept. Now I'd always been familiar with like the rails to trails thing because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. I used to ride bicycles on rails to trails. Yeah, but this is more of a rails to walking trail. I mean, you ride bikes on it, but mm -hmm. this is more about a stroll along and have a beer and stroll along and do some shopping. There's and they yeah. have art installations along it, like public art. So yeah, yeah. it's it's a it's a neat. Uh, thing. I mean, I know that um, Charleston has been developing one called the Low Line for a few years. There's obviously the High Line in New York. If you've been there, I'm, I'm sure there's plenty of others that I, that don't come to mind for me. It's great stuff. Yeah, wonderful stuff. Yeah, as is this whiskey. Well, this thank is you. this is tremendous. Well, I tell you what, we're going to take a short break. I want to keep sipping on this. When Absolutely. we come back, we have two more whiskeys, another toasted, and we're going to hit that Georgia Heartwood again. Perfect. For a unique gift, Blanton's Bourbon Shop has got you covered. All of their handcrafted wood products are made in their in-house wood shop with authentic bourbon barrels. 
Specializing in barrel-aged potent treats, these Blanton's barrels to age their own maple syrup, honey, and coffee. Find the most unique gift ideas for your golf lover, cigar connoisseur, avid coffee drinker, and Blanton's fan. Want to win an authentic Blanton's barrel head? Make sure you sign up for the giveaway on the homepage of their website. Blanton'sBourbonShop.com is your home for all Blanton's gifts. So we are back. We had a nice little break there. We got to chit-chat a little bit about uh, well, all kinds of stuff. We were all over the map, weren't we? We sure were. Colorado and everywhere in between. Yeah. So the Fiddler Toasted, which we finished up during the break, was just absolutely amazing. I have to say that I can't wait to release in Kentucky because I think that's one of them that I'm going to make sure to get my hands on. I hope that one makes it to Kentucky. I don't it, know. It if, sure will. Yes, sure that will, will be Kentucky's amazing. actually... Uh, I mentioned we're about to launch in Colorado. The next two states after that are uh, Kentucky and Massachusetts. So. And and how do you choose like Kentucky and Massachusetts? Are you trying to like s- spatter them a little bit around? Are you trying to get regions? It's even less strategic than that. Yeah. It's, it's who we get introduced to that we just have a good relationship with. Okay. So um, we we had a influencer who did a pick with us. Um, who's really good friends with a pretty influential Kentucky, I'm sorry, Massachusetts liquor store chain called Liquor Junction. Um, and they introduced us to a distributor who we really hit it off with. So hence Massachusetts. And that's really how it works in this world. I yep. mean, when you get somebody to try your whiskey, and I know we hear you guys saying it all the time, tell your local liquor store, mm. right? Tell, because they turn around and tell their distributors. That's exactly right. And then the distributors place orders. That's right. And if you don't if you don't have distribution in that state, they're going to want to represent you, yep. right? Yep, exactly. So, folks, make sure you do it. If you've got a whiskey that you've liked, if you've traveled, if you've come through Atlanta and you've tasted uh, Fiddler and you liked it, and you're from Nevada or wherever, we would be thrilled. We will. We will go try, back, try go our back best and tell your to local you. liquor stores. Exactly. Though. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so this next one is uh, an, another extension within the Fiddler Toasted series. Uh, Fiddler Toasted Bourbon was the last one. This is Fiddler Toasted Rye. Um, this is, let me read off because each batch varies a little bit. This one is six years old. And this the mash bill is the MGP 95.5. And this finish was six months in a heavy toasted barrel and prior to that was char one okay and so this left the this is cask strength and left the cask at 50.7 so 111 proof wow well that that's a good age on rye Mm. no doubt yeah it does have that wonderful that wonderful uh floral Mm. pine forest note to it i just i always love that yeah but I'm, I'm crossing my fingers and I'm hoping for a little bit of candy on it. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to be disappointed. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. Wow. That's really, that's got a very nice upfront sweet note to it. Uh-huh. That's already got like a, a good rye sweetness coming along almost like a syrupy sweetness that's coming along to that rye and then you've added that toasted sweetness to yep. it yeah which, which which char level was this this was a char one char one yeah so you're really not trying to get too much of that 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 campfire note into it you're really trying to get more of just the the heavy toasted that's right wood sugars you got it yeah So how's finishing going for you guys? I mean, is that is that kind of, you see a lot of future in the finishing of whiskeys? I think so. Um, a, it allows for an additional avenue for differentiation. 
and B, it's just fun, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, we, we didn't get into this industry to not have fun. Right. So being able to, you know, we get approached with all kinds of crazy casks out there and um, just seeing what the end result is. I mean, I think last time you were here, you tried our Fiddler Amberana, which you know, th those are definitely can be hit or miss for f some folks. Um, we really liked ours, but at the end of the day, I don't know that... Um, it's a little bit more logistically challenging just because it ages so fast in that yeah. barrel. You have to be ready to put it in and take it out almost immediately. Yeah, and an Amberana barrel has many reuses in it. Right. I mean, you can redo it many times. I think um, maybe some of the distilleries who don't have as much experience with Amberana have overdone it a bit and mm -hmm. released their products. And I think there are some people out there that have had it and mm -hmm. said, you yeah, know, it's a little bit too much for me. Yep. And so, as a result of that, you have this wide, broad spectrum of Amberana finished whiskeys out there, some of which are delightful and and well done, and some of which are not so delightful and overdone. Mm -hmm. And everybody who produces whiskey in this market has an effect on the consumer's That's general opinion, true. right? Very true. So, if, if there are distilleries out there that are doing things that are not... I mean, well-received, they can put a blemish on a category altogether. That's right? absolutely right. So, yeah. But your, your Amberana is amazing, and you gifted my, bottle, my wife a bottle of that as well, and That's she's right. enjoyed it tremendously. So uh, I think your Amberana is tastefully done, and uh, just the right amount. Mm. And it really takes careful attention to that finishing it process. Does. It really does. It tasted every day, I think, right? I mean, maybe not every day, but... Every few days. Yeah, you have to with Amberana, that's for sure. Yeah. Otherwise, well, it'll get away from this you. This is really good rye whiskey. I like this Thanks. a lot. Well, thank you. How are your rye consumers? Are they are they are the numbers increasing? Um, yes. And I'm trying to think of this particular release, it was we were thinking it was gonna be three or four to one in terms of you know bourbon versus rye it is it was close to two to one. Oh, really yeah yeah wow so I, I that's a small data point but i think that's at least one to go on what about ladies to gentlemen how, how do you see the male to female relationship when dealing with rye whiskey rye i don't know that i have enough to go on um in general though our tasting room traffic is basically 50 50 okay. and um even here at our at our original whiskey distillery where you expect the people who really want to learn more about the whiskey and taste all the whiskeys um are so yeah it's it's pretty evenly split and what about uh in use in cocktails do you find that the riser used more in cocktails or the bourbons um, i'm just trying to get a, the reason i'm asking these questions i travel a lot yeah, yeah. and and there are regional trends, right? There are things that happen regionally. And and a lot of times a, a small successful distillery like ASW will have an impact on the local market. And they'll yep. trend people in a certain direction. Yeah. And whereas, you know, if I go to Colorado Springs, Colorado, it's a different story out there. I would say as between bourbon or rye, the one we see making its way into cocktails the most is the cheapest. It is. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you hear about the magical dollar an ounce uh, figure for uh, uh, to get into a cocktail. Uh -huh. We really only in Georgia we're able to provide the market support to um, to get our resurgence rye into a cocktail, and then we also have our, our Fiddler Unison, which is a ninety proof um, uh, bourbon. Those are the only two products that we have that really get to a price point that. A, a, your average bar could really play around with it in a cocktail. Well, now that you've mentioned price, we should probably let our listeners know where we're at on yeah. the three that we've had so far. So on these three toasted whiskeys, mm -hmm. what's the price point? Fiddler Chin Music Toasted, the 100 proof one we started with, sits at 59 on the shelf. Okay. Then these next two that you've tried are 69 on the shelf. So $10 more, added proof. Added proof, cast and strength. Yep. Cast strength, yep, absolutely. Well, that seems like a fair price to me. Yeah. It, it does. And and what about your Unison and your Resurgence Rye? Those are your sort of flagship whiskeys that are behind the bar. Right, right. So Fiddler Unison 
it depends on if a, a retail account is going to buy it in a larger quantity. Um, it, it'll, it'll sit anywhere from like 35 to, to 40 on the shelf. Okay. So uh, somebody who's going to the local big box liquor store is going to find a bottle of it for $40. Yeah, I, I take that back. You, Georgia is fairly unique of a market because our distributor is so close to us that we don't have to pay anything in freight. Every other market, you're probably going to see Feather Unison on the shelf for anywhere from 37 to 44. Um, and then the Resurgence Rye sits at anywhere from about 40 to 49, call it. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, again, still. Very respectable pricing. Mm -hmm. And uh, so you probably have quite a few bottles coming off the shelves, I would think. We do, yeah. Particularly in your local market. As people get to sample these in your three locations and they talk to their friends about it. Yep. Exactly. I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing this on the shelves in Kentucky. When did did you say that's going to happen? Fingers crossed. We are hoping to have at least a... uh, a small launch in call it first of December. That, that's we have a couple of liquor stores who are getting um, who are very interested in, in barrels, and then uh, um, Liquor Barn has expressed ex- uh, concerted interest in the two fiddler toasted products. That oh, you've really? Seen. Yeah. Well, that's fantastic. They are a champion when it comes to single barrels are they? and picks. Yeah. So. If you're if you're in the Louisville Lexington area and you're shopping at Liquor Barn, you know what I'm talking about because they'll have thirty or forty single barrel picks in there oh, wow. at any given point in time. That's Just a lot. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. yeah, it's really good. It's cool. Have you gotten up there recently? I have not recently. Oh my um, goodness! The last time anyone from our team went up was for the national championship um, when it was played in Indianapolis. So flew into Louisville. Did some of the um, bourbon distilleries and then went over. Well, you have my number. It's burned into your phone. You need to give me a call if you come up. I'll make sure you have a place to stay and a bar to sit up, uh, belly up to. Appreciate it. That would be a lot of fun. Absolutely. I would love to. All right. I am ready to move on to the fan favorite from this year's Bourbon on the Banks. We love to hear it. Fiddler, Georgia Hartwood. So we're actually probably going to drop Georgia from the um, brand name just because we're not sure if it resonates or if it kind of detracts people from uh, from it. Just because, you know, some, some people, they like their state and maybe, you know, maybe Georgia deters them. I don't know. So, but it'll be the same process. It'll be Fiddler Hartwood. Yeah, Fiddler Hartwood. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. I, I'll probably accidentally say Georgia Hartwood anyway. I've said it so many times. Yeah, that works for us. And the reason, the the story behind it, uh, for those who who may not be familiar, is um, we so it's triple oaked, spends about the first four years in a first new charred oak barrel, about the next two years in a second new charred oak barrel, and then the final few months of aging, it receives anywhere from fifteen to thirty staves of oak that we harvest in North Georgia, and by we I mean our master distiller Justin. Um, so he gets out there every January when the uh, sap has uh, moved down the, the trunk of the tree um, so that you're not getting too much sapwood and splits out the heartwood from the sapwood and seasons it for, gosh, depend, depending on which lot of heartwood, it could be seasoned anywhere from two to four years and then uh, hand chars it. So I'm going to say that this is probably the only distillery that has a master distiller slash lumberjack. That's right. right. That's right. It's <laughs> amazing. Yeah, so he, he loves the idea of, of the wood influence. He on, does. Yeah. Absolutely. So what's, what's special about North Georgia heartwood? Yeah, I mean, uh, North Georgia is a milder climate than Atlanta. Obviously, it's a little little north of here, but also in the mountains, you're getting a um, little cooler climate. So, uh, you know, maybe your listeners will know more than about this than I do. I'm pretty sure a cooler climate leads to a slightly tighter grain profile uh, with the wood because it just grows more slowly. So, um, you're it's you're getting wood that is yielding its virtues more slowly i would say got it is that why uh syrup maple syrup is so prominent in the northern states because of the the tighter yeah i mean i don't know as much about sugar maples but i do know that uh, i think they 
generally require colder climates just to thrive. And then that's why they tap the maple trees every, what is it, January or somewhere in the colder months is because the sap is flowing out of the trunk, right? And so when you tap it, it's just flowing right into the vessels that receive the the syrup. You learn something new every single day. This is amazing whiskey. (laughs) This is, this is, this is my jam right here. I mean, I love this. It brings back, a memory from a few days ago, from a week ago at Bourbon on the Banks, and then on numerous occasions when we've had this in the past, your Fiddler Heartwood is just phenomenal. Well, thank you. It is such a well-crafted whiskey. Can you, one more time, tell our listeners kind of what the process is for producing this? Absolutely. Yeah, so... It, we take the, the 45% wheat mash bill bourbon that was in two of the other products we've sampled today, today, and it spends those first four years in its first new barrel. And then um, usually in January, we'll transfer you know a whole lot of them over to second new barrels. And then for the final, it depends. And the reason I say final few months of aging, and, and I don't get more specific on that, is we put those anywhere from 15 to 30 staves down into the barrel. And then we'll start sampling them out after a month. Some accounts pick them right then. And then some barrels, you know, they might take two or three months uh, for a little more maturation with those staves. Um, and then accounts or, or groups or whoever are like, man, this is, this is what I want. So I've never seen it go past about nine months with the staves, but so, so anywhere call it from one to nine months for those staves. So this is a, this is a big single barrel product for you guys. It this, is. It is our biggest single barrel product. I mean, we've got a lot of listeners out there who have relationships with their local liquor stores in states that you have distribution in. Mm-hmm. What are those states? One more time. Yeah. Um, Georgia, East Tennessee. So that's Chattanooga and the Knoxville and the Tri-Cities area. Florida, Texas, um, Southern California, and about to be Colorado. Okay. And about to be Kentucky. Uh, yeah. Ho- hoping by, by the end of the year, Kentucky. Well, fantastic. Yeah, I would say that this would make a phenomenal barrel pick uh, in your local market. If you could, in, if you could encourage your, uh, your local liquor store to, to reach out and, and contact uh, their distributor about getting Fiddler. We would be forever, forever grateful. That yeah. would be amazing. Yeah, yeah, this is really super good. Well, and how much do the single barrels differ from each other? Is a it lot. A lot. Yeah. I would imagine they would because of the process. The process, I mean, every single barrel is going to add just a, a different inflection to the, the final product, right? So... You know, we use a couple different barrel vendors, and their wood is just a little bit different. Sure. And then, and then when you're getting, you're doubling that by doing two barrels, and then the hardwood staves are their own beast. And when you're doing 15 versus 20 versus 25 versus 30, one month versus three months versus five months, you're just getting a a, a veritable explosion of different qualities and characteristics. So, what can our listeners expect if they are driving through Atlanta? They decide to stop in. So when they're looking at your website, this is the location that has the distillery. The whiskey distillery. So this would be your uh, Armor Drive. Is it named differently? I mean, is this just called your uh, your Buckhead location? Yeah, Buckhead. Uh, sometimes I get kind of specific. I say our 199 Armor Drive versus our Battery versus our West End location. Because yeah. it, it's not exactly Buckhead, but that's the closest closest neighborhood to it. But if you're coming through Atlanta and you have an opportunity to stop in here, what can they expect in the distillery for an experience? Yeah, um, probably similar to what you'd find on the, the bourbon trail in Kentucky. I mean, you, you're getting the opportunity to sample any of the whiskeys we make. We also make a vodka and a, a gin as well as a barrel-aged gin, so you can sample those as well. We have a full cocktail menu, so in, in to a certain degree, we're kind of like a cocktail bar. Um, we also have our tours of the space, uh, which include close-ups of our whiskey stills uh, made by Vendome. And then we also have a, on Sundays only, we have an extended in-depth barrel tour where you go back to the Rick house here in the back and uh, go a lot more in-depth on our aging process. So can you tell when you walk past an Amber on a barrel? 
Oh my goodness. You can tell when you walk in a warehouse that has a single Amberana barrel in it. <laughs> they are so pungent. They are. They are very much so. Yeah. Well, how can people find you on social media, the internet, all those things? Yeah, we uh, aswdistillery.com and aswdistillery on Instagram and Facebook. We also have a, uh, a private f- a barrel group for Facebook as well for those who um, want to get tips on where single barrels are dropping. We also do kind of advance releases of our ticketed events at our distillery with uh, occasional giveaways and stuff um, within that channel. So. Yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of good ways to find us. Well, fantastic. Well, Chad, thank you so much for making Absolutely, time for Jen. us today. We really appreciate it. We know yesterday was a big release day for you. Yep. You're probably worn out at the end of the day, and here comes Jim wanting to come in and talk to you again. <laughs> yeah, we love having folks in to, to talk whiskey. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks again. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. All right, folks. Well, you can find The Bourbon Road on all social media outlets. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook. Find us on our private Facebook group, The Bourbon Roadies. You can also find us on Threads, TikTok. I mean, we try to do it all. I would say we don't do it all really well, but we do it the best we can. But we have a lot of fun doing it. We always drink whiskey. We always have fun. Every single Wednesday, you're going to get an episode from us. We're going to have somebody on like Chad talking about their wonderful products. Sometimes it's just Brian and I chit-chatting and drinking a whiskey that's been provided to us. Sometimes we'll have a music artist on or an author. Got one of those coming up real soon. We've even had comedians on. Man, I tell you what, it's hard to drink whiskey and interview a comedian. <laughs> it just every now and then you inhale a little bit of whiskey. It's just it's hard on you. But anyway, we always have a great time. If you've got an idea for a show or there's a distillery in your hometown that's doing it right, we would love to hear from you. Make sure you hop on our website, thebourbonroad.com. Go to our contact us page. Send us a quick note. We'll be sure to follow up on that and reach out to that distillery, see if we can't get their whiskey or maybe even their master distiller on the show. We hope you listen to us every week. Just uh, scroll on up to the top of that app. Hit that subscribe button. You'll get a bell notification each week when we come out with a new episode. We'd love to have you join the Bourbon Roadies. Just go onto Facebook and search out The Bourbon Roadies. Answer three quick questions. Become part of our 3,200 strong member team. We love to drink whiskey with you, share stories with you, have a good time. But until next week, we'll see you down the bourbon road. Mm-hmm.